ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Okay, so we've all heard about the little green men in flying saucers coming to Earth to abduct people and run a bunch of tests. It's usually via probing of some kind. It's all very X-Files. And while we're familiar with these stories, for most of history, actually believing in UFOs and aliens has been considered pretty fringe. Until now. I'm Tegan Taylor and this is Quick Smart, the show that feeds you big ideas in bite-sized pieces. So what's changed recently that's led to UFOs being discussed in US Congress. Was X-Files factually accurate? And could aliens be watching us this whole time? Can they see me now? Someone who has been probing into this is Taryn Priadko. Hello, Taryn. Hi, Tegan. So let's go back a little bit to the beginning of time, at least in terms of UFOs in popular culture. When did this sort of first become a thing? Yeah, so humans have been pretty obsessed with aliens forever, but really the modern UFO craze started around 1947, and that's what I discovered when I started looking into this for a podcast for Rear Vision. And basically what happened in 1947 is that it's the end of the Second World War, it's the beginning of the Cold War, and there's just all these social anxieties around. And a pilot named Kenneth Arnold was flying around Washington State and he saw sort of nine weird flying objects in the sky. When he landed, he reported it to authorities and he spoke to some reporters and One of the reporters said to him, well, can you describe how the objects kind of moved? And he said, it's a bit like a saucer if you were to skip it along water. So that's where this term flying saucers really, really started. And then after that, it just sort of went gangbusters and which is kind of crazy because it was a time before internet and then it kind of went viral. And within (laughs) weeks, you had like 90% of Americans had heard this term flying saucer that hadn't existed weeks before. It's really then I think after that, when it's all, we sort of get to Roswell, that there starts to be a real kind of probe into what the things are that people are seeing. All right, Roswell. I remember there being a bad movie in the 90s. What's the actual story here? So we could do a whole episode just on Roswell because it's so, (laughs) there's been so many conspiracy theories that have come out of this incident. But in a nutshell, what happened was, is that it was just a few weeks later in 1947 and you have a rancher in New Mexico who has been hearing all about these flying saucers and he discovers some debris on his ranch. And he thinks maybe this has something to do with the flying saucers that I've been hearing about. So then he takes it to the commanding officer of the Roswell Army Airfield. And then the next day, the Army puts out this press release that says, we found a flying saucer. And so you can imagine what the reaction to that was. But then a day later, the Army backflips on the press (laughs) release and says, no, it wasn't a flying saucer. It was a weather balloon. And so you can see why there was so much scepticism around, like, what the truth was. It's a cover-up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You can see where that came from. And then it really wasn't until 1994 that we started to get a bit more information about this. And really what the line is now is that it was a 
military balloon that was being used to spy on the Soviet Union. But of course, that was covert at the time. So they didn't want to release that information to the public. But I think it was a bit of a weird misdirection to kind of say we found a flying saucer. But there was such a UFO craze kind of from that point onwards. Definitely. And one of the experts that I spoke to for Revision, he was kind of saying to me that you can really see in the ebbs and flows of the UFO craze that it does peak and trough with periods of social anxiety. And at this point, you know, it's it's the end of World War II. You've got like the fears of um, new weapons being developed, both in the United States and in the Soviet Union. There's a lot of misinformation around and people are really anxious about what's out there. And so they're really looking at the skies and they're really seeing things there. Um, And so you get all of these reported sightings happening. I think when the US military is looking into it at this point, They're looking into it as a purely security issue, but it's really in the popular culture that you start to get the connection being made between aliens and UFOs. And I think that's a connection that these days with the the switch of the acronym from UFO to UAP, they're really trying to disconnect the two things. So UFO, Unidentified Flying Object, what does UAP stand for? UAP stands for Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, and it's really a term that surfaced in the last couple of years. It's a bit more of a catch-all term because I think the theory is that these objects might not necessarily be in the sky as always. They might be unidentified objects in the water, for example. But again, I think it is more that it's just to try to get away from some of the stigma that uh, attached itself to UFOs because of popular culture, television shows, media reports, etc. There's this like link between UFOs and things that have been cited and that the army have maybe looked into that is kind of semi-confirmed. And then there's this sort of more fringe view around aliens being behind it. And then somehow in the last, just in the last few years, all of a sudden, uh, unexplained sightings have become like super legit. They're talking about it in Congress. It's like everyone who was sort of seemingly on the fringe before has finally kind of got something to be like, see, I told you, we, we were trying to tell you all along. What changed? Yeah, so really this all changed in about 2017. So you had after the Cold War, it seemed as though no one was investigating this anymore. It really felt like the UFO craze was kind of gone. It was just relegated to television shows like The X-Files. It wasn't being taken seriously by anyone. And basically what happened in 2017 was that the New York Times published a story, a really explosive story, which basically said that there had been this sort of clandestine program that the Pentagon had been running, which was looking into UFO reported sightings. After that was reported, then that really changed the game. It really sparked new congressional hearings into what this program was and what the the reported sightings were. And the thing that really helped it along, I think, was the fact that there was three videos released with the article that came out in 2017. And the videos were leaked from the Pentagon and they were videos of Navy pilots um, basically seeing things, unexplained objects in the skies and, and reacting to them. And those videos have now been declassified by the Pentagon, but they weren't at the time. They were leaked. And I think it just sort of really sparked this new wave of interest. 
And then the next sort of thing that's happened is that last year, a whistleblower named David Grush came forward and he was a former intelligence official. So he had really high level clearances and he made some really explosive claims about the US having evidence of intact non-human aircraft. But the problem was is that he hadn't seen those things firsthand. He had just heard about them secondhand. And so that sparked another wave of hearings last year into UFO sightings and into these claims. And it sort of sparked a new wave of investigation, if you will. So we've got like the Pentagon and US like intelligence on one side and then also the guitarist from Blink-182 is also part of this story? Yeah, that was a really strange fact that I came across in researching this. Basically, Tom DeLonge was a guitarist for Blink-182, but he's quite a well-known UFO enthusiast and he heads up this company called To The Stars and it was really thanks to this company, To The Stars, that we got those leaked videos, the three leaked videos of the Navy pilots um, seeing UAPs. Let's say you're a cynical Australian. Like, what do you do with this information? <laughs> I think where we're at at this point in time is that we have to acknowledge that UAPs are real. I think there's been this real tendency in the past to say it's, you know, UFOs are a fringe belief and what have you. I think at this point it's like we can t- safely say there are things out there in the skies that we can't explain. Whether or not that's tied to aliens is a totally separate question, I think. So if you're a layperson, I think you can kind of sit back and look at the UAP space where a lot more information is going to come about the sightings that have been reported, the investigations that have been done and the claims that have been made there. And I think there's a separate question to be asked about whether extraterrestrials are real. I think at this point, you can't really make the connection between the two yet because all we sort of have at this point are claims that there's a link between UAPs and extraterrestrial life, but we don't have any solid evidence. So... What do you think might come to light in the next couple of years, given that this is getting a bit more credibility now? Look, I think in the UAP space, I think we'll have a lot more information come out. I think there's a big push on for more transparency, particularly from the US government, um, around what's been reported around UAPs and to try to make the link between intelligence and science. So like, so NASA can do some more investigations of what these reported sightings are, because at the moment, NASA doesn't have any access to information that remains classified. And then I think on the extraterrestrial side, that's a whole other ball game. So one of the astronomers that I spoke to said to me that he expects we could have evidence of extraterrestrial life within the next seven to eight years, which I think is really exciting. And I think if... (laughs) I am like making my, I'm trying so hard to not to make like the most like cynical face. No, well, this is, I think this is the thing. I think there has been all this stigma sort of around what we kind of see as like, you know, little green men, but that's not how astronomers are thinking about extraterrestrial life. It won't be in the form that we kind of have popularised in, in films and television and books, but it could definitely be out there. And I think uh, the science is really pointing in that direction. I'm not going to say that I can explain (laughs) why that is, but I, you know, I spoke to a reputable astronomer who says this could be something that is around the corner. Does that necessarily mean that they've made it to Earth? That's a whole other link to be made. 
but the question of whether we're alone in the universe, if that's what this really boils down to, I think we could have an answer to that particular question sooner rather than later. Until then, we'll keep our eyes on the skies. Thank you so much, Taryn. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tegan. Quick Smart today was made on the lands of the Jagera and Turrbal and Gadigal people. If you like the show, please tell a friend about it and make sure you're following Quick Smart so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.